Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When we started to get this one off the ground, there were a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do you get the show into all these podcast apps like Apple, Spotify, and Overcast so people can actually listen to it? I've seen some shows make a bunch of money. How can I? The answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor. Anchor's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. It's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use, to the point where you can pull out your phone right now and knock out a solo episode if you wanted to. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Anchor makes it easy for us to record from wherever, whenever, and not worry about unreasonable subscriptions or limits. It's the easiest platform to get your show on all bigger platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You even get to see how your show is doing per episode by how many listens you've received with Anchor's metrics. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Now let's get this shit popping. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is CJ from Young, Black, and Bothered Podcast. This is my bo- uh, bonus episode, which I named Young, Black, and Bold. And I have a couple very unique guests with me. I have the wonderful Sasha. Hey, guys. I have Rochelle. She... Hello, hey. Richie. I'm here. Hey guys, Michelle, Richie, whatever you want to call me. I'm actually here on time at the beginning of the episode, so I'm proud of myself. And I have one of my good men, Mr. Michael Lighter. What's going on? Lighter, Mike, <laughs> Michael, whatever you want to call me, man. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, we had a very, uh, very interesting situation we had the white supremacist rally in dc now me and michael made attempts to go down there you know the rain was uh the rain was kind of uh it kind of threw our plans off we wasn't able to get as close as we wanted to but we definitely stayed within the area and i must say it was successful we didn't have to go down there and do anything because they didn't want to go down there and do anything because <laughs> it was uh, the anti-protesters they definitely came down there and shut it down um, I kind of knew that was going to happen anyway because I don't. I mean, Charlottesville and DC, two different dynamics. I'm not. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. Thinking they was going to be able to pull that off here. Um, so what y'all think? What's y'all opinions on that? Started with Sasha, I guess. Um. Well, first, I do want to verify some information. As you know, I'm over here on the West Coast, so I wasn't physically there. All I could do was kind of be a spectator via social media outlets. But um, is it true that there literally were only 60 of them in total that attempted to protest for white rights or whatever the heck they were protesting? Yeah, I heard it was less. I heard it was like 25. <laughs> that is pathetic. That's yeah. It. You can't stand behind your racism and come out and number? <laughs> Y'all gonna I mean, hide your hands with your racism? That doesn't make no sense to me. The one footage I did see, they was getting off at McPherson Square Station. And they had a little, uh, they definitely had police escorts bringing them up the escalator. And one guy had an American flag and, you know, he's walking past. And another white guy who was a, one of the anti-protesters snatched the flag from the dude 
You know what I mean? You snatched the flag from him, and the police, like, rushed him. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I was definitely... I was definitely happy to see a lot of people all about unity and not about all this hate. You know what I mean? So I, it kind of gives me some type of hope for humanity. You know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe we we not as far as we think we are. We just got to stop being stupid. You know I mean, what I mean? I mean, granted, you know, we, we do live in America where everyone has the right to protest. Um, I think, and I think I made a Facebook status about this. I think what we all can take away from it is we get to see the pressure of them feeling that this country is still moving forward with progression. You know, our, our grandparents and our great grandparents and even our parents, they had to carry that torch years ago and now it's our turn. Exactly. That it's our turn and you get a, what, people that show up at 25, 60 heads and then they get chased out by a united group of people of all from all walks of life. Exactly. That's a great thing to see. Exactly. What do you think, Richie? I mean, that's beautiful, that aspect of it. But honestly, like, I, 60 people showing up, there's more of y'all hiding. Because <laughs> he won the election. You know, Donald Trump won and those white nationalist ideas won the election. It was 53% of white women that was, like, 80% of white men, they're somewhere. They might not be march marching on the wall, but they're somewhere. And I would prefer for them to show themselves and be front and present and hide in their, and stand in their racism than to hide behind it in this way. This exactly. is insulting. It pisses me off. That's not how, that, that's not how their hate and racism is set up. They're cowards. Mm -hmm. They're cowards. So the majority of them are not going to be ballsy enough to show their face. And even when they get caught on camera and they go viral from doing stupid stuff at a freaking Starbucks or something, they're mm -hmm. still some, you know, somewhat embarrassed by that. So it's still taboo for them mm -hmm. to be affiliated with the KKK. Because again, that was in a way affiliation of the KKK. White people will run and scurry into a corner if you say those three letters. Now, because they're more offended by being called racist than actually, you know, perpetuating they, racism. Like, what the fuck? They still tie racism to, is the point. They still tie racism only to slavery and to the KKK. They don't tie their new age racism into anything else. And I mean, that, new age or not, it's still racism. It's still it like we coming from a place of I hate you, monkey ass niggas. So like stand in that. Be be proud of that and tell me. Don't throw a stone and hide your hands. I want to see oh, yeah. what the fuck you mean. We I don't want to hear that shit. We know that. They just won't ever cop to that. We yeah. know that. They're not going to cop to that because that's always going to be their defense. When you talk about Black Lives Matter, you talk about black men getting shot on the streets. They're always going to, and, and you call them out on their bigotry and their racism through their semantics. They're always going to revert back to, I'm not racist. I, you know, they're going to revert back to something that can easily tie racism to them. But as if it's nothing to do with the KKK or slavery, something that they can say, oh, that was, that was so long ago. Get over that. We're not racist. We had a black president. There's always going to be an excuse. Now, we yeah. know the truth, but there's always... So maybe we need to start telling them, yes, you are racist. I'm sorry. Yes, Susan. You expecting everyone <laughs> to move out the way because you're white and you're here is racist, you bitch. 
That maybe needs to be what happens because if you think that the only way to be racist is the KKK and slavery, I got another fucking thing for you. It's ingrained. It's everywhere. And I've experienced it in 2018 and I've experienced it my lifetime. I was born in 1985. So, I mean, that's a thing. And to act like it's not is just ridiculous. And for it to be more offensive to be called racist than actually being racist just makes me want to strangle everybody. We'll get yeah. into the the one black guy that's they're, they're posting all over social media. This Jason Kessler dude, who was a huge proponent of the Unite the Right march that just happened. He is right marching right there alongside them. And I feel like that also adds to why they feel like, oh, well, okay. They can, make, they can politicize it in a way. They can turn it into politics, which I, I feel like they attempted to do with this. So if they try and throw the stone, like you said, they hide their hands behind politics. And when you have a Jason Kessler that's standing alongside them, oh, they're definitely not racist in that aspect. They all just believe in the same ideals of making America the greatest country on earth again. And oh, look, we have a black man standing beside us. So it's far from, we can't be racist at all. We, we can't, we can't. See, that's, see, that's why I'm glad. It's time to call a spade a spade. I, that's bullshit, I'm sorry. You having yeah. one token black person doesn't make you not racist. <laughs> Okay, you having one black man up there who is a victim of white supremacy who has been brainwashed by you motherfuckers does not make you not racist. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I didn't. I I had no idea that it was anybody black. Oh no, he's he's on there. Little black skinny dude with the glasses and his little dirtbag one under his um his his little baseball cap. Oh, but see, like, I'm not mad at him because yeah. I still feel like he's a victim of white supremacy. I mean, what I'm going to go against is against the establishment of trying to use him as a token. They know exactly what the fuck they're doing. He has a they do-rag on. <laughs> <laughs> that is silly. Oh my. Hey, why are they playing with us? Like, that is like, they just really playing with us. Like, <laughs> he got a do-rag on on the cap. Yeah, he does. Hey, hey Mike. Yeah. What you think about it, man? Man, just to talk about the experience for the people that wasn't down there for what we've seen, you know, we've seen, we've seen all types of people, you know, gays and, and every amount, all type of minorities, old and old and young people. We've seen all types of walks of life down there celebrating. It was a more of a celebration, it seemed like to me. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. all love. It was that's how I felt. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah. Partying and they was rocking, they was dancing. You know what I'm saying? I ain't. I mean, I wasn't. We wasn't down there like we wanted to be down there. But from what we've seen, I I ain't see no people from. You know, I ain't see no. Uh, you know, white supremacists or nothing like that. That was that was blatantly obvious. You know, down there doing nothing all. You know, big and wild. But it was more of a celebration, man. And and it wasn't just black people. It was all type of people. Um, y'all talking about pretty much covert racism right now. You know what kind of struck me today? And I put this on my Facebook. I kind of woke up with this in my brain. I'm like, you know what? The, a lot of a lot of people, you know, actually didn't speak on, um, didn't speak on this rally in terms of like, you know, speaking out against it. Mm-hmm. But, though, but I I noticed there's a lot of these people that didn't speak that didn't speak against it that had a lot to say about the way we protest with mm-hmm. the you know against the flag with the NFL the NFL flag and how we doing it. I'm like. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking of all the I mean coworkers peers you know especially white people um, 
that got everything to say about what Colin Kaepernick did. But when they talking about doing this rally, I'm not seeing them talk about nothing. They're not saying nothing. So, I mean, yeah, but that's I mean, been I'm the MO. Sideways too. That's yeah. been the MO. That's been how white America does things. That, that's that's exactly that's how right. it's been. They always and do I got that a big shit. issue with that. I got a big issue with that. You know what I'm saying? So we can't protest silently and peacefully, not harming nobody, but it's cool for them to walk through our streets, which we know is um, antagonizing because it's a lot of black people. It's a, lot, it's, it's a liberal, it's a liberal city. Um, that, it's just crazy to me how they not saying nothing about it. Because it's you never know? about the protest. Notes. It's not about the no, method of, of protest. I mean, we, we, we have to know that at this point because there was nothing. I mean, Colin, Colin Kaepernick was basically a perfect protest. It's everything that white people have asked for and they were pissed. I mean, really pissed. So it's not about the type of protesting it's who's protesting well it's and it's also about the interest of the of the establishment of the institution you have to understand when someone that's black or brown or even white that's standing next to black or brown that's protesting against the institution that's the problem when it's someone protesting for the institution which is what they were doing it's not a problem and again it goes back to they lack that accountability they will never be accountable for their past. They will never be accountable for where their, their past of land grabbing and, and murder and genocide has gotten them to today and how it still affects people and, and the reason why we protest against it. They're not going to be accountable for that at all. Because again, they are protecting the institution that privileges them and their lives and their well-beings why on earth would they go against something that benefits them they don't yep. give a damn that people die in the process of this yeah they see us protesting about it and, and and we're exercising our rights as americans and as human beings but that doesn't matter to them because it's not about like you said it's not about the protest it's about who's doing it and what they're doing it for so when you're against the institution, it's a problem. When you're for the institution, people are going to, what are they going to say? They're not going to say anything about it. But we can't allow the institution to keep acting like they're not racist when you are supporting racism and you are supporting bigotry. I mean, we got to start calling spades spades. Like, you know, when instead of white nationalists, all right, these are white supremacists. And that's what you're supporting. And they're supporting this administration. So let's reconcile that. Let's talk about that. Like, I'm tired of talking about how we protest and all that. Let's just call it state to state. You motherfuckers is racist, period. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons for the reaction that we seen, like Mike said, when everybody was all lost, because these motherfuckers hate everybody. So, of course, if we all have a common enemy, I feel like we're going to unite off that, right? Like, like they all hate, they hate gays, they hate Mexicans. They hate, they hate all kinds of shit. Like, so it's just, I don't know. So I want to kind of, I don't want to stay on that topic too much because we already know what it, it is, what it is. Now, now I'm bring my man Mike. Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here. So right now, you know, the next topic is I wanted to bring to, at least to the attention of people of our listeners, is the misrepresentation and the miseducation of Mr. Tupac Shakur. Remember how we talked about how the white Jewish media kind of got him portrayed as a... Uh, that's pretty much they got to portray as that Sasha fell for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we my whole thing is T 
Tupac had did it, he he went a different route about how he wanted to get his message across because he knew he couldn't come across like Malcolm X or or, or Martin Luther King to try to get what he wanted done. Or Farrakhan. Or Farrakhan. Young, young people don't follow a Farrakhan because they can't relate to him. Can't relate to him. Can't relate to Farrakhan. So he took on, I will say, an image. <laughs> he definitely put on an image. He took on an image of a thug, a rowdy, a young black man in America grew, who grew up in poverty, which he actually did. So it's not like he was faking it. He didn't grow up in the suburbs, you know what I mean? Um, his mother was on crack. Typical broken household things that young, a lot of young black men went through, you know what I mean? But he was not what we think. Like, we celebrate the, we celebrate the problematic Tupac, and I don't like that. That's what everybody thinks of Tupac when you first think of Tupac. Nobody thinks of... But was he not? <sighs> Well, I mean, he was 24. <laughs> I think that's what people forget. He was really young, like very young. He died at, what, 24, 25 years old? So yeah, when 25. He all that knowledge, he was 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Like, he was a child. So I don't know if he was so much problematic as he was a young man. And young men are filled with, you know, vitriol and you know they're excited the and they, you know they're not I don't, completely... I don't see what the problems were what, what, what's what's problematic pop um pop pop said you know pop allowed that girl to get raped that that happened that was a thing <laughs> i mean well, he I mean, was pretty the, misogynistic I mean, about women sometimes he was kind of problematic about that thug life stuff that he, he didn't explain some of that properly he kind of gives me a little Kanye with that. Like, no, he actually he was explained like, it perfectly. No, once you finally got him to listen. Right yeah, they actually it perfectly. They flipped it on him. I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I am saying that when you're trying to, like, explain a radical view like that, like, you need to protect it. And he didn't do that because he was a young man. I'm not saying he was at fault. I'm not saying that. The thug life was on. I'm just saying there were some problematic things in the ways that he explained things and the way that he conducted himself. And that just comes from inexperience, I believe, more so than him being well, a problematic That's person. a good point. That's a good point. But he also experienced a lot during that era, right? So he he had to, he had people trying to kill him. He got shot five times. He had a rape charge all at the same time. He was already dealing with a prior case before that. You know what I'm saying? So he was dealing with a lot. So yeah, that that the culmination of everything that happened and that, you're right. He didn't protect it, but it made him look like, oh, your thug life isn't the hurt you give little if it's fuck everyone. Thug life is you getting shot and you raping women. So all these things happen at this one time where it did make him look like what a typical thug would be. But he's talked about it in his interviews. He talked about it in his music. It's all it's, it's never it's never been thug life was tied to gang violence or nothing. It was actually just to connect with the younger audience because you got to remember what the early '90s and the mid '90s was about. It was about that type of thing. So he said, I want to connect with the younger folk and get them and flip it. It was almost like flipping the N-word. He, all, he, he talked about that too, or flipping the B-word. It was the same type of thing. Let me take this thug life and let me flip it to something positive. You know what I'm saying? But I will give you that point. It wasn't, it wasn't protected all that well. But I don't, I don't, I like that point versus like, oh, he was just being a follower. Oh, he wasn't really, no, he wasn't trying to be a thug or, or whatever because what thug meant to him was something different. You know, it was about being rebellious. It's about military mindset. It was about Black Panther. It was about liberation. It was about equality. It's about all those things, rights for for all for all human beings. And he was doing this at a time. He was doing this at a time. It wasn't popular to do this. This is not the time to do this either. And granted, I I truly appreciate that 
he connected with his roots of you know the Black Panther Nation. However, as far I, I get that he's a very popular figure to all of us. However, I still I find it problematic in general when we we were just talking about accountability on the, the other side of the coin. And I think we as black people need to flip that coin sometimes and learn how to take accountability for us as well. And yes, his artistry, his, his genius was just beautiful. How he talked about his past and how he connected with us through what was going on in those times was amazing. However, he still, 24, young or not, was a grown-ass man and made decisions that were not at all positive for himself or his image, period. But oh, he was still 24. So gangbanging or being a part of that life? Are I don't know that. I don't, I, don't, I don't like holding young people accountable in that way. I mean, he was at, even still, I mean, if we would have, if we would have, if we would have popped Malcolm X at 24, we wouldn't have had Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to allow people to grow. It's something like your whole, your, your, uh, your brain isn't completely developed until you're 28 anyway. Like, people really aren't developed fully until they are 20 motherfucking eight. And that's a lot of their impulse control and everything. So I'm sorry. I got to push back on that. Like, yes, he was an adult. I, I will give you that. Yes, he needs to be held accountable for his actions. We'll also give you that. Um, but there's a difference in the way that 24-year-olds conduct themselves than a 40-year-old. I don't understand that either. No, I'm not comparing him to Malcolm X in that way. I'm comparing him in the way that if we would have killed Malcolm or if we would have wrote off Malcolm X as 24, we wouldn't have had Malcolm X. But nobody wrote Tupac off. I'm not writing him off. I'm saying he should be accountable, just like Malcolm X had to be accountable for his behaviors before he found the nation in himself. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not cutting him off or writing him off in any way. I think he's very important to our culture. However, that still does not negate that there does need to be some accountability for the choices he made as an adult. He did choose to get it. But, that, but as, a, as a young black man, as, as a young black man, though, that a lot of that taught like what he went through, the, his short his shortfalls and how we handle situations and seeing the outcome actually taught me and people that understand like CJ, we talk a lot about him, it taught us how to maneuver. He actually talked against like the, the last moments of his life, life, he actually talked against that. You know what I'm saying? And then we saw him as a young, frustrated black man before a million different reasons. We can talk about that another day, how he ended up getting caught up in that moment and he didn't get another chance. You know what I'm saying? Like he just he couldn't pull through from that chance. And I learned a lot just from his death and his self. I have a quick question and, and it, it ties into this because I, I don't, I want to make sure we're not being conscious, like we're not contradicting ourselves here. Because okay. So let's go back. So say if a young white dude who grew up, because again, race, you're not born racist. That shit is taught to you. So let's say you got a young white man who was raised in the clan or he was raised in a very racist upbringing. That was his environment. And he's some young little punk going around, but Mark Wahlberg, let's use Mark Wahlberg. That's <laughs> okay. my man. Forget and it. He's your man, right? But he was <clears throat> people in their heads up in Boston because he was a racist little punk because that's what he was grown up to do. That's what he was taught, you know? So 
how do we not hold Tupac accountable without writing him off? How do we not hold him accountable and make excuses for that? But if it's a Mark Wahlberg or a young white kid who grew up with that type of upbringing and he tried to change his life and was shut, like cut down quickly, we villain, we would make him a villain. You get what I'm saying? Well, well, because I'm defending racism. I'm just saying, like, I just want to make sure we don't contradict ourselves, especially when we are in a position to where we want that that freedom of people seeing us differently from what we were, based off of you know the environment that we came from and how we what we tried to become. We don't all want to be seen as thugs. You get upset if somebody of another color calls you a thug. But then you you give an excuse as to why this thug life was glorified. Well, we would. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say we wouldn't hold him accountable. But I don't think he would. He would have to explain anything because everything be explained for him because he has white power on his side. So Tupac not having that on his side, I felt like what he was doing was trying to connect to the people he needed to connect to. But at the same time, you know, the white media will flip exactly what he's trying to do. Oh, this positive shit, we're not going to put this. We're not going to push what he's trying to say. Oh, hit him up? Oh, hell yeah. Let's put him up number one. That's what Hale Murray out there. Let's put uh, any other Tupac song we glorify besides Dear Mama and, and like, you know what I mean? Like I was saying earlier, okay, I ain't mad at you. Let's, let's throw all the other ones out there to get to portray this. to What we want to, uh, y'all to look at Tupac as. Yeah, he's your little, he's your little gangbang king. You know what I mean? So I think, I think my whole point... And it, it, it applies to Mark Wahlberg. It applies to young racists. It applies to young Tupac. I mean, young people, young men, young women, they're underdeveloped. And just like we give children and teens a little bit of leeway, I just think there's something to be said at 24 and 25, lacking impulse control, leaning into what you were taught as opposed to having discovered yourself. That happens at that time and it happens for most wanna, of us and all of us it might not up. manifest in that way but it happens to all of us mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. want to reiterate the fact that his your definition of thug life and his definition of thug life is two totally different things that's what y'all are missing He's uh, not going i am to not saying life. that i'm i'm not i'm not but pushing he said he that be held that. accountable for the thug life culture no glorifying it i didn't say that i don't i don't know Okay, so he, he, there's nothing for him to be. There's the. I think I don't know where we're not holding him accountable. Though, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out where where we're not holding him accountable. What what excuses are we making? Just oh, excuses no. of him being young and dumb. Oh man, we know that though. But I yeah, think he that. was young. And, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, he ain't really young become young and dumb until he got he shot. Like that. He ain't become young and dumb until he got yeah, shot. Like, he got shot. Yeah. And yeah, so he got shot when he comes trying to, to find themselves, establish themselves. Like, that's always happening. No, he was moving he the was way he, he, he was. He was moving how he was supposed to move until he got shot. Once he, cause he, and his whole yeah. thing was, how can my own people kill me? Let me try to kill me. Even that's right his whole that, thing. When Atlanta, when the, cops, when the cops beat him down for jaywalking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? All, all, he went through all types of stuff that you saw change him. You know what I'm saying? And you can see it. If you follow his timeline for like the, the events that happened in his life, whether dealing with women, his mom or whatever, he wrote the songs about him. So yeah, you're right. Misogynistic. Yeah, fuck bitches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, guess what? He just caught a rape charge and the, and the girl was lying about a lot of the shit. So yeah, he was on some fuck these bitches type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, he 
as he went through things, he laid that shit down in his music like the day of or the next day. That's why he has 500 songs out there in a total of three or four year uh, career span altogether. When you when you count when you deduct the time he was in prison and stuff, his career wasn't that long. So every time he, he went through something, and I follow. Yeah, that again. He didn't never, he never got to do a tour. Yeah. That's and how young he was in his career. That's crazy. He was a death row for six months. And he was a death row for six months. That's, that's, that's six, look at yeah. his whole career to be off death row. Like, yeah. Like, off the death row shit. And it's like that's 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 the guy that these little misinformed rappers try to be. The death row Tupac. I'm like, why? This is that nigga was dead for six months. <laughs> like, what about the other two He was definitely angry. Nobody would bail him out of jail. See, uh, Suge bailed him out of jail, so now he gets sucked into the gang culture. He was being loyal to the nigga that bailed him out of jail, so he did what I would want anybody to do is rock for me. You know what I'm saying? If you're my little yeah. brother, so-called little brother, if I'm into some shit, I'm going to want you to rock for me. Yeah, he did. He, he put his neck out there for the nigga that got him out of jail, which I don't see why that would be an issue, and he ended up getting killed for it. You know what I'm and saying? Up, and that he ended up getting... He, he <laughs> that sucked. That sucked. That part sucked, and the whole turn of him to play against Biggie sucked because he let Suge do that to him. I didn't like that either. That was fucked up. But yeah, that's that, that whole thing was just so nice for at the end of the day. So. But no, nah, but I wouldn't even say that because you know, uh, uh, Pop didn't really. It wasn't Suge really dropped. Suge was instigating it, but Tupac was upset directly at Big and Puffy because there's a there's another there's a there's so many different people in this whole thing. I'm not gonna drop names, but there was another guy that Tupac was best friends with who was also from New York. And he was linked to the whole murder, right? And he and he found out that his best friend knew Biggie and knew the whole, or you know, the niggas that was in in cahoots with um Haitian Jack, Jack, who ended up getting them shot. Yeah, and he and he was like, why? Like, what's going on? Like, y'all niggas, it was a setup. It turned out it's it's a fact that he got set up, and it's a fact that it was linked to Diddy and Biggie. Not that not that they did it, but there was another friend in the whole mix, right? So my, now he like, because Biggie, people don't notice Biggie, and he's admitted it, Biggie had hit Pac up. I was like, I want to tell you about your man. And Pac was like, all right, what's up? He's like, I'm going to call you later. Big never made that phone call back. So after Pac got shot, he like, because yeah, he was, everybody got to remember, he was cool with Biggie. Biggie was his man too at the time. How come you, my man, knew something was going to go down and you didn't tell me? So yeah, fuck you. You got me shot, robbed, and, and almost killed. I'm not fucking with you. I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna be the same nigga. If you had some information to tell me about a setup and you didn't fucking tell me, somehow you gotta call me back and you never call me back, and then I get set up that fucking same night, I'm not fucking with you and fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Now how he went about it, you know, with Suge instigating the whole thing and this and that and the third. Yeah, that was all fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But and it, it was a, it, it was an odd award thing. Biggie was the biggest rapper on the East Coast at the time, so he was like, "I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna fuck that." Oh, nigga, you y'all niggas knew about the whole thing. Oh, you think y'all gonna get big? Why I'm in? Why I get locked up? Fuck y'all! I'm gonna cuss y'all. That's his whole. That was his whole thing. I kind of understood it, but I ain't. I don't know. I probably would have went. I went a different way with it. <laughs> no, I don't know. But people don't realize that people don't realize the a couple months before he passed away. He talked about uniting the East and West. You know, he yeah, had Defro East that he was forming. He had a production company that he was forming that he wanted the East and West Coast to come together. All that shit was dying out. Like, he had a plan. The plan is out there. Like, he talked about the plan, but he said, I'm going, like, they did me wrong and they shot me, so they got to pay. 
You know what I'm saying? But he had a bigger plan to bring everybody back together. They did mm-hmm. the um the um that there's an album um there's an album that he um put together that joined the East and I forgot what that joint was called. Something Nations or whatever, where he brought everybody together, niggas from Jersey, niggas from New York, niggas from the West Coast, and they made an album together. So he was putting that together. He just his life just ended this short. It ended short before he could actually put these things together. You know, okay. but Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, on that though, to, to to transition from that. So that's that's what do we think, right? As black entertainers today, do they have? Would you say they have a responsibility to uh, to hold as far as like uh, representation with us? Like, do uh, do they do they have responsibility of giving back? Do you feel like they are? Uh, is their job to do that? I don't. I I feel like with anybody in, in, a, in a public office of any sort, whether it's political or entertainment, it does come with the territory, unfortunately. Um, now, do I feel like they need to, you know, carry a torch for us all the time? No. Um, I really think that it was super unfair how people really, like how some black people felt like Obama owed them something when he was a president. And I get it, we're all seeking that representation, you know, and that that's fair, but, I, it's a gray area. I, I feel like when you become a person of public office, it comes with the territory. Are you obligated to do it? No, but do I think it's in your best interest to do it? Yes. And I, I yeah, I, I don't think you should be obligated, but I think it comes with the territory. And if you care about your interests or your career or your image, then I think it's something that should be, you know, pretty top of your, your agenda. Yeah. What you think, Mike? Um, no, I'm actually real big on this. I think that, uh, you know, it's not like you become a star overnight necessarily. You are, you're raised as a black person. And if you're in the public eye, I mean, I was always kind of raised, like my mom always was like, I want you to be the first black president or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, and my mom always taught me that if I became a figure or somebody of power, then I absolutely do hold the obligation to carry the torch for black people. I firmly believe we have to with privilege. They don't have to do that. Black people have to, in my opinion. If I ever come across some power or some money, I'm I'm going all the way with it. I think it's my obligation. I think it was my obligation to go out there yesterday for the rally. It's my obligation to do certain things that other normal people don't have to do as a young black man. It's, it is my obligation to do certain things. But yeah, I'm real, I'm real big on that. That's why I get so mad at some of these so-called celebrities. We talk about like, I've talked about 50 Cent and how he going on black people all the time and he don't challenge white people on shit. Yeah, I get mad about shit like that because nigga, you are, you are a person of power and people listen to you. You got a lot of money and you don't do shit but dog black people all the fucking time. Yeah, I do have a problem with that. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I can go through a thousand examples like that, but yeah, I, I, I do believe in that. I think we hold, I think we hold some accountability and some obligations. Once we're in that, once we're in power, Richie, you have a difference of opinion. I understand. Yeah, um, I just don't think that. I think that pressure is just a lot. I agree. It's too much. Um, it's not fair, and you can give back without the attention, without having to speak out. That's so what I, I mean. Agree with. I think people need to be allowed to give back how they feel the need to give back. And that's their business. And they're not obligated to explain that to anybody. They're not, they're not obligated to speak out against anyone. I think it's a great bonus. I personally also believe that I would want to give back, but I don't think that I would necessarily want to have to always speak out after everything happened. 
I don't want that amount of pressure on myself, and I don't think it's fair to put that amount of pressure on another human being. Like I'm appreciative of my platform. I'm appreciative of of the opportunity, and that's great. But I should be allowed to do what I feel is best in the way that I feel the need to express it. And I, I also think that it's unfair to assume that every black person has to have the same interests as the next black person. I, I don't think that's fair. I, I really don't because mm-hmm. what your interest may be concerning black people is subjective. Mm-hmm. Not everyone may agree to that or test to that. Or, you know, there, there are black people that grew up economically different from you who don't have the same trials that you do at face value. Mm-hmm. When I'm at face value. So, yeah, I, I when I was saying they had the, they held the obligation. I wasn't necessarily talking about um, speaking out against certain things, though. I don't. It's just it's just um, it, it's it's just at least not making us look silly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's all I need you to do. If you're a black person who's well off and you're a celebrity, all you like if you just gonna at least just be quiet and not make us look dumb, I'm cool with that. Everybody got their place. Everybody got their role. Exactly. Say that again. Make us look dumb to who exactly? I never understand that to, statement. To everyone. So take like a Mayweather, somebody I idolized growing up. When it started coming becoming prevalent that this nigga is beating on black women and he's supporting Trump, I don't fuck with him now. Like you at least have an obligation to not put your hands on black women, especially because you're in a public, especially because you're in a public guy. And I can't like how are every all these little young black kids looking up to you and you supporting this man, you supporting Trump or defending Trump. So yeah, it, it's like just don't make us look silly, bro. Being, like he's a human being, right? Like, like how are you supposed to be infallible? And like, I'm yeah. not excusing that he needs to go to jail. That man is trash. You should feel the way you feel about him. You should not support him, and he doesn't deserve my support simply because he's a black man. Like, are we or are we not a monolith? Like, are we all coming from the same perspective or not? And we know the answer to that. And we always fight back against that. We're not a monolith. Just because all skin folk and kin folk, like, just because that nigga is a nigga is not my nigga. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And I don't feel like that's fair to give me that obligation. And I don't think it's fair for him to have to have some superhuman strength and, and not be a shitty person that he is. He's so, a human being at the end of the day. So this so, is... So that, I, I, I put that out there to set this up because this is the problem I've been having. Well, I've been seeing, I've just been like, well, why is this happening? So we know LeBron James has uh, just opened up his new school. And like I said, I've never said anything negative. I always be on Facebook, on social media outlets, you know, with the whole Jordan, LeBron, Kobe debate. You know, I'm Team Jordan as far as from on the court and playing basketball, whatever. And I always say, I always wish my parents, I, I definitely respect and uh, like LeBron off the court because he, he does a lot for the community. I always said that. And him doing this thing, what he just did with the school and all the uh, all the perks that come with the school, I'm like, this man is really, really, really changing and making. Uh, he's making a difference. He's really making a change. Now, with that said, LeBron does that. All I see now on my timeline of just people I talk to. Now we got to tear down Michael Jordan. Now we got to tear down Kobe. Why? Are we, I'm like, what the hell? What is? What is? What does this come from? Now, my, I mean, what, what are we doing? <laughs> why can't we? Why can't we celebrate celebrate all all three of these guys? You know what yeah, I mean? Now I don't understand that mentality or that mindset. Like, 
there's more there's more lanes for all of us like there's enough room for all of us and i'm sick of this narrative that there can only be one and that you know there's gotta be this king of the hill like what lebron did is great and that's great in his way and what kobe has contributed to the game of basketball is great in his way like it doesn't need to be compared because they're both black like that's not that's, yeah sasha you got anything to say i don't know do you do you think it's do you think it's more of a black thing than people just yeah. writing their favorite? Yeah, I was getting to that. That's that's the next uh, topic. Uh, Cause it's like okay, so like you said, uh, LeBron does this. Now we tell it on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did nothing for the community. He got all the shoes, but Michael Jordan made the culture of basketball for real, for real. Like the whole culture side of basketball. <laughs> like. <laughs> You over that to Michael Jordan. The tennis shoe deals, the tennis shoes, the endorsements, the I wanted to be like Mike, the McDonald's. All that came with Mike. Like, all that came with Mike. Michael Jordan probably inspired, he inspired LeBron James to play basketball. Kobe inspired guys in the league now to play basketball. So while we tear them down, you know what I'm saying, for not doing what LeBron did, LeBron a different type of guy, you know what I'm saying? Kobe different. They all grew up from different, they all grew up differently. They all black, but they all grew up differently. I think y'all just said that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all pretty much made that point. Like, they all black, men. they all grew up differently, probably had different backgrounds, different homes. There's no need for us to tear down one guy because another guy did something great. You know what I mean? Or did something that was like, okay, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's noble. He was real noble with LeBron James for what he did. You know, so, so now we're going to tear down Mike because Mike never did that. So what? Mike did everything else. You, don't, you wouldn't even be watching basketball if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's like, that's my, I don't know, that's my whole thing. So that's why I think. Colin what, Isaac did a number on us, I'll just say. <laughs> it's like, it's like the black division, the black division in the black community is like, it's, I don't even know how to, it's like a puzzle. Like, I don't even know how to fix it. <laughs> like, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, is this, a, is it, it, can you fix it? Is there a solution to this? Do y'all think so? It's, it's going to be a long time coming. It's, it, it starts with the mentality first. And you have a lot of people who are still chained mentally. Their bodies are free, but their mental is still chained. And it's been a learned practice through generations. And unfortunately, it's not necessarily our fault. I'm not even gonna say necessarily, it isn't our fault. It's not our fault, you know? I mean, if you know your history, you understand why we are where we currently are, um, but it, there could be a solution to it. It's just we may not see it within our generation or time, but it's it's going to be a slow unhinging of the minds within our community, within any community of color, within our own community of color, within brown communities of color. And then once we figure that out with ourselves, we all got to come together as people of color because we can't even do that with each other as people of color. But the difference with us as Black Americans, and I think we're the ones that struggle with this the most, is we never were allowed to have that sense of community. That was stripped away from us the moment they put us on those boats and brought us over here. Mm-hmm. We were not allowed to, com- to come together in communion. You could mm-hmm. die for that. Mm-hmm. And that continued through mm-hmm. history. It what? continues to this day. A, a large group of black people's a gang. It's a problem. It's a riot. Yeah. When we try to get together and protest, yeah, like you said, it's a riot. It's a gang. 
And then you have some black people who really still feed into that mentality. So mm -hmm. it, it's definitely a chained mental state. It is people who are still enslaved to white supremacy and white supremacist thought. They're still chained to that institution where they're told that your blackness is bad. You come together and you celebrate your blackness with, you, with other people. It's an uprising. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not a Christian? That's bad. Oh, you believe in praying to the ancestors? That's witchcraft. That's sorcery. You, you, some of these black folks down south who are hugely Christian and religious, Lord, it's, it's, that, it's that chained supremacist mentality that they still hold on to. It's a sickness, just like racism. It's all a sickness, and we are all infected by it. And I don't think we're going to see, unfortunately, and, and I like to be optimistic, but I'm also pragmatic. I don't feel like we are going to, it, it just was too, it wasn't that long ago. Our parents were born in the 50s and 60s. Our grandparents, like our great grandparents were born when slavery was still a, like legal. Mm -hmm. So it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's generational. It's generational. It's, it's not going anywhere. We, we got to, it's, it's a lot of us that are working hard to reverse it and not allow that cycle to continue, but mm -hmm. it, 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 it's a lot of us and we just got to keep challenging each other, you know? So that's why I appreciate that we did have that conversation about Tupac and we were pushing back on each other. But that, that's the reason why I brought up that question about why is it okay to glorify that thug life if it's coming from us or if it's somebody that's popular, you know, we have to push back on each other with that too. And uh -huh. I think that is definitely a first step for us to kind of break that cycle that was kind of taught to us. Mm -hmm. Mike, what about you? Mike, what do you think? I ain't gonna lie, y'all hit that. I couldn't set it better. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't, I agree with everything that was just said. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, us, but, being us being millennials, you think it's like at least our, our duty to try to get that narrative to kind of flip that whole thing. Like, can we try to like, there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, push it like, hey, y'all, this whole, you know, hating on each other shit ain't cool. Let's chill on that. You know what I mean? Like, what you think? I ain't gonna lie. I think it's so, it's so infectious and so bad at this point. I just, I really, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of faith that we can turn that around. Like, like y'all said, it might take a long, long time, but our mentality on all that stuff, being divided and going back to the Kobe LeBron thing, while we just can't just celebrate all of them at one time and it ain't gotta be Jay or Nas, you know what I'm saying? Why not both? You know what I'm saying? Like No, nah, it's a Rihanna Rihanna Beyonce. Rihanna Beyonce, like the whole the new thing now I've been seeing is the Beyonce fans hating on Aliyah, like yeah, like what the hell is that about? Like why? Why? Like she's like, what is this about? <laughs> like, yeah, where did come like, from? It's like rock. I haven't seen that. What is that about? Yeah, oh, I they don't know. Oh, I feel oh, like time. there's been progress being made. I feel like um, there's a renaissance of like black love. There's a renaissance of us getting in touch with our ancestors and getting back to our roots and getting back to like being spiritual and spirituality, like. Those are things that are talked about in circles in a way that I don't believe was talked about in our parents' circles when they were coming of age and when they were our age. 
So I feel like there is some progress being made. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. Like you said, like we've made the point, it was hundreds of years and there's still a lot of servitude happening. There's still a lot of enslavement that's happening. So like, of course, we're not going to be to the promised land right now, but I do see that there's progress being made and I just want to acknowledge that. And I feel like we should acknowledge that and we would be remiss if we do not acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. I just, I, I hope that it, that grows. It becomes more infectious than it does. And like you said, like even with like natural hair movements and stuff like that, but then it, it goes positive and then it turns into another pitting women against each other. Like, oh, so now natural hair is beautiful. We're celebrating our blackness. Oh, you must hate yourself because you still wear weave. So that positive, unfortunately, finds some way to become warped and we're pitted against one another again. So I, I like the rhetoric. I, I love that the narrative has changed to black beauty and, and things like that. But what good is a narrative if deep, if mentally and deep down, we still don't fully believe it? Yeah. I mean, you have mm-hmm. the problem before you walk, though. Like, as long as we're continuously moving forward, I think, you know, it's good. We're having these conversations. I believe we're probably one of the most emotionally aware and mentally aware generation. And I think that is going to pay dividends. Like we're going to be raising emotionally aware children, mentally aware children. We're having these conversations within, you know, a generation. So, I mean, are we there yet? Absolutely not. Like, I'm not naive to that fact. Like, I agree with y'all a lot. There is still a lot of negativity, you know, that's happening. But, like, I think that's understandable given our history. Yeah. So, you know, you know, all you can do is look forward and keep moving forward and celebrate the wins and keep trying to, you know, focus on the positive and recreate the positive over and over and over again. You know, like have the conversations, like these dialogues that we're having and have them with your peers and, you know, talk about it. One of the one one of the main things I was trying to do when I when I was coaching, and I got to get back to it. My, um, one of the main things I was trying to do because a lot of them little kids, you know, I, I always wanted to coach in. Um, you know, urban neighborhoods or the hood, if you want to say, I don't want to talk about it. I've always wanted to coach in the hood. So, and I always get to 11 and 2 year olds because I know that's like a very important age. That's when you really start to know what you like. You know what I mean? Um, I always try to, I always try to get them because a lot of those little kids ain't had father figures. And a lot of little kids actually were forced to grow up too early, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, I, I know I had a kid on my team who his uncle, had him picking up drugs for him, you know what I mean? And I, I felt good that I was able to talk to, uh, reach out to these little dudes and show them a positive role model and try to change that whole thing. Like we, like I was just telling y'all, we were just talking about, like, I got a lot of them that's in high school. They still reach out to me. They're in high school now. They doing good, you know what I mean? They always talk. They call, they'll call me. Still got my number. They'll call me and holler at me. I, I got to go see a couple of their high school games this year, actually. It's, it's like I got a, I got a lot of little dudes like that. That makes me feel better than anything, you know. Because that's like the big, the greatest friend I have when I when I got kids that had you know a messed up start or whatever. I had kids like that calling me, letting me know, man, you gotta come see me, coach. What's up, coach? Coach CJ, you gotta come holler at me, you know. Like, and I'm like, damn, I gotta get more. I gotta get more involved in that. You know what I mean? That's just I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. It's cool. So, ladies, 
uh, one of the reasons I have both of you all on the show because I'm not that educated on this topic, right? So I seen somebody say, I was on my timeline one day on Facebook. I seen somebody say, black women should not be feminists. I have no opinion on this. I want y'all opinion fully. I don't have any opinion on this. I don't know what's going on with the situation or any education. I'm here to be educated by y'all. So what, is that an ignorant statement to say or what? I'm going to let... I'm going to let her go first because I have a very strong opinion on this. <laughs> she do too. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a very, I mean, I would, I, I would say that it's ignorant only because it's, it's dictating what a woman should believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, do I agree that feminism is, there's a space in feminism for black women? No. Uh, Do I believe that there has ever been space for black women in feminism? No, because feminism was not created in our interest or for us. I still don't believe it's in our interest or for us. But, you know, who am I to beat down another woman who strongly believes in its message of unity and, and uplifting one another? I mean, we as women need to uplift one another more anyway. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say, no, you're black. You should never be a feminist. Um, whether I personally agree with feminism for black women or feminism in general, but, but I do think it's an ignorant statement to dictate what a woman should or shouldn't believe in that she feels, you know, uplifts her and, and uplifts her in unity with other fellow women. Uh-huh. Okay. Rochelle, do we have you? Uh, yeah. Um, yes, I do believe it is an ignorant statement. Um, because I feel like when people are trying to say that I must separate myself from my womanhood or separate myself from my blackness and demanding that of me, that they're trying to control me and they're trying to control my narrative and they're trying to control, um, who I am because I am both woman and I am both black. Mm-hmm. I am both at the same exact time. And I have the interests of my womanhood and the interests of my blackness. And that intersects in a way um, that is unique and special to me in my identity. And I cannot separate the two. And so whenever someone tries to make me choose a side, I'm always weary of what their, their motives are. So mm-hmm. I think it's ignorant to try to impose your outlook, your view, and your motives on another person, a whole nother gender, a whole nother race yeah. in that <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you got any opinion on this? No, I don't really have an opinion on it. Um, I'm going to be ignorant and just say all I care about is the black narrative and that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm that. So, I'm not against anything else. I just don't care about anything else. Sorry. Okay, cool. We actually made good time because I had another topic on there, but I don't feel like that's this not really necessary to talk about. So, I guess we can go into uh, everybody. We're going to talk about what's bothering us in general. It don't got to be nothing we talked about today, just in general. It could be something going on in your own personal life. 
Like what's like what's bothering you this week? Like or this week or what's ha- what has been bothering you? That's just like you know it could be funny, it could be serious. You know, it don't matter. Just uh, I guess we could start with you, Sasha. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's I don't really let much bother me, so I'm gonna try and make it lighthearted since we just had such a heavy conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean you know I live out here in the land of the plastic and the fake. You know, so what's bothering me is that I am not finding any motivation to get my ass up and go see my personal trainer so I can be just as plastic and fake as these other bitches out here. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to enjoy a Krispy Kreme donut. I am going to drink an entire bottle of wine to myself tonight, and I'm going to live my best life. But it's, it is bothering me that I am not motivated to get up and do what I need to do. I mean, out here, that really is a big thing. And I'm just not understanding why I'm not finding the motivation to go out there and be great. And I'm trying to get through that this week. It's Monday, so I can give myself an excuse. So everybody, even even the people that's not on TV, out there with fake asses and fake titties. Uh, everybody has had some work done, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's tight. What you have done? Me? Oh, nothing. You <laughs> say everybody's. Uh, that's not inclusive of me. I'm not from out here. I don't subscribe to. So this. you the only one. I'm the only one, honey. Okay. <laughs> okay. Only one. Okay, and you know that's funny because Lala, I think she got a show called Killer Curves now or something like that. She was talking about uh, Bruh, someone had like rotten rats or something. I don't know. That's disgusting. Their asses was, were infested. Infested. There's a dark side to everything. What? Hey, goodness. <laughs> I was like, God. <laughs> so, Richie, what's bothering you, man? Um, I don't really have one specific thing that's bothering me. I'm bothered in general. <laughs> <laughs> Like, everything just blows me. Every time I turn around, something stupid is happening. Uh, Somebody is doing something fucking ignorant or dumb (laughs) or saying something ignorant or fucking dumb or inconsiderate. I can't. I just can't. These motherfuckers just keep fucking bothering me. Like, just, I wish I could be left the fuck alone, but nah. In general, I'm in a constant state of bothered. (laughs) <laughs> you know what that that's in a, that's 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 kind of innovative a lot of people really don't admit to their botheredness bitches will be pretend until they are blue in the face that they are not bothered <laughs> you know what the first step is admittance i really admire that that's what's up that's what's up hey mike Yo. What's up, son? What's bothering you, son? Let me know what's bothering you. Man, let me... It's hard to be... So that that comment was funny as shit, by the way. I was laughing like shit. Can't bother, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to be bothered right now to give you a visual. I'm at the harbor. It's a nice-ass night in front of the Ferris wheel. Colorful, beautiful Ferris wheel on the water. Mm-hmm. That's why you, you might hear some wind. You might hear some babies crying. You might hear some people talking. But you know what came up today? I actually was talking to somebody about this today. What's been bothering me lately the last couple of days, about the last week, is uh, I've run into situations where females think it's okay to have, and I strongly disagree, to put it out there first and foremost, 
I strongly disagree that it's okay to have your ex or somebody you've had relations with as your friend moving, especially moving on into a new situation. Mm. So I've actually run into that twice um, in different ways. One, you know, there was somebody that I was dealing with that, um, that was, you know, I, I got to tell you something, my ex is my best friend. And then on the, on the other end is uh, I was, you know, dealing with somebody who I'm not dealing with no more who uh, wants to still be my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to tell her, I don't, you know, it's not something I really believe in for different reasons or whatever. So um, I actually talked to somebody about it today. I was like, it's kind of bothering me because why do, why does, why do people think this is okay? I don't think it's okay. So that's okay. my thing for the week. Okay. All right. So what y'all think about that, Sasha and Richie? Um, um, you ever heard that salt and pepper song? If I want to take a guy home with me tonight, it's out of your business. Like, yes, if oh, I'm yes. not fucking this nigga no more, and I'm talking to you, and I'm telling you the fuck about it, and I can introduce you to this nigga, and like, I'm confident because I would never put my nigga in a situation where he's gonna be embarrassed. So I'm confident you're not in an embarrassing situation. That's so I'm confident enough to bring you to my. I, I'm bringing this, like you know, introduce you. This is really just my friend. Like you need to trust me. We gotta just, just we have to have some type of trust. Like it was before you. This is where I am at now in my life. You know, like obviously there'll be a natural progression away from the situation. So just let it happen. Like let's not force it. Let's not try to control it. Like mind your fucking business and trust me. Don't ask me. I'm messy because I don't give a damn. If you ain't my husband with a ring on my damn finger, I don't owe you any explanation to shit. So see, see, I don't fuck with none of this shit. My body ain't rocking. I don't fuck with none of that shit. Hey, I'm not. Don't be. Then don't, oh, you don't have to with it. You know that's the beauty of choice. That is the beauty of choices, right? You know you don't have to fuck with it because I don't fuck with that. So like, fuck, I look like same fucking wavelength with that shit. So what I look like? Hey, what's up? I'm in a new situation, and my one of my best female friends is my ex-girlfriend i would never if i'm really your friend i'm never going to overstep my boundaries or make your your girl feel uncomfortable and if it did come down to it i'd be like that damn listen if she's uncomfortable with our friendship i'm gonna fall back because i'm your friend but who would be who the fuck wouldn't be (laughs) <laughs> like who? Like really? Who wouldn't be uncomfortable with you being best friends with your? Well, I'm just saying, like if if you know if that's what it happened, that's what would happen. But if you're a friend, would have a best your best interest, and it shouldn't be no static, and it shouldn't even no fucking issue. Right, and- still in the same breath. Like, why does it matter? Like, why <laughs> is anyone? Why does anyone owe you to get rid of people in their lives that was their <laughs> friend just because they're my boyfriend? Like. Again, we, uh, like, not- we all we, okay. I say we all grow somewhere, and you're like, oh damn, everybody, I brought you here, nigga. Ain't nobody asked you. Did you bring her? Like, <laughs> get, get your motherfucking ass. Are you trying to be? I don't know what type of corny ass niggas you know, but I don't know I, no corny I, niggas. I, like I, don't, I don't. I don't. I have never been in that. For, mind you, I've never been in that situation. I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know no corny niggas. Like, no, not one dude that I've dated would ever do no stupid ass shit. I, like I that. just look at potential. I just look at the potential of shit like that happening. You know. It went. It just went. <laughs> man, none of that shit matters. <laughs> we better not even run into somebody you dealt with. That's how I. That's just what it is. If, I'm a, if, it, if any, if any dude lets you introduce you to somebody you've been with, he's a lame ass nigga. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's on you. Like, that's your ministry. You know, I'm sure your chicks get down with that. I'm not with that chick. I would not ever get down with that. I'm not with it. <laughs> but that's on you, fam. Like, I get it. I y'all, y'all be wanting y'all cake and eat it too, boy. I tell you. What, what does that even mean? Because I wouldn't pop fly on no shorty because you used to deal with her. If you telling me to trust you, I'm going to trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. And then I'm fucking, I'm going to debt it. Done. I don't know, you know, y'all give people too much credit for this shit. Like, listen, <laughs> no, I don't get You know how many times y'all suck up? Oh, every, I'm still single because I give you motherfuckers an inch and y'all take a mile. Like, but I'ma do it every single time because I would rather just know what the real is. Um, I want a situation where I can trust you. And if I can't have it, I don't want that shit. Fuck it. I see. All right, let me get some. It's thing to me. It's like a territorial thing to me. I'm not a piece of fucking property, so I can't be fucking territory for you to have possession of. Is that the whole? Is that the whole defense? Is this the whole defense? Been with you. You can't do that, y'all. I'm not a tree to be pissed on, Michael. If you want to have that kind of authority with a woman. You make your intentions known that that's forever, and you prove that shit to her, then you have the authority to make those kinds of decisions or give those kinds of demands. Other than that, baby, no, absolutely not. It doesn't work like that. I understand in your, in your mind that that's okay. But that it, it's 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 not. It's controlling and trying to stake claim over. I, I think you have the right to feel how you feel. You have the right to feel how you feel. No, no. Listen, you have the right to feel how you feel, man. So yeah, that's, that's if, I'm in a relationship, if I'm in a relationship, I'm cutting off every girl I ever I ever had anything to do with sexually or in a relationship because it it's just no there's no place for it. What is the point? What is the point of having that relationship around? I think there'll be a natural progression of you moving away from it. I don't think you need to force it. I don't think you need to verbalize it. I don't think it needs to be a thing. I don't think you need to stick your chest out and, and, you know, stick your leg out. Like, you don't have to do any of that shit. Because what if that doesn't work out? Then what? See, my thing, you know know what, y'all? It's my thing. I, I, I have a female best friend that I've never done anything with, right? But she my female best friend. And I've been cussed out by her three different times. Because she said when I get in a relationship, I act different. I don't act different. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I act different towards her though. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like out of respect oh, okay. for the relationship, out of respect for out of respect for the relationship, I ain't about to be doing all that big you know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I ain't about to have brain no. I don't know about that son because you never done you never done nothing with her. Y'all never had that, you know what I'm saying? Why can't you keep that going? I mean I do though. I just not gonna talk to you every day. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you need to be talking. I don't think you need to be talking to her every day, but I don't see what's the point, like, of ending communication. Well, like, no, I don't end communication. The thing is, I don't talk to you every day now because somebody else is. Why are you ever talking to her every day? Right. You just do. Do you call your mother every day? No. Well, then, <laughs> I don't know why you calling this little girl every day and you don't call your mom every day. there. Oh my God! I'm just saying. I'm just your little friend more important than your mother. 
No, no. She just don't get on my nerves. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's all I hope I'm your saying. mother listens to this. You're terrible. <laughs> uh, my mother knows she comes. She number one anyway until I find a wife. She already know that. But it's just, you know, hey. <laughs> until I find a little face, son. <laughs> I mean, that's how I'm supposed to be, right? Appreciate that. I'm number one until I'm number two out this bitch. Thanks. Then a good come along. I'm number three. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 hey, go yeah, you were crazy, but no, nah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know that whole little shit. I, I've, I've been in bad situations with bad people like that. I, I got a bad experience of that whole little shit. Probably that's probably why I got my opinion the way I have it. I just had a bad experience with that whole close relationship with your friend. Uh, motherfuckers was just trash. I don't even want to elaborate on it. But right, well, look, let me say I was bothering me, right? These little companies when you rent like cars or we just rent anything from these companies. I, I feel like I found a little, they trying to, they trying to play with people, right? So I rent a car from Enterprise on Saturday. I have all full intentions on returning the car Sunday to the same branch. I get to the branch, the gate closed, I can't even come in there. So I call Enterprise headquarters, wherever the hell I, I call, I don't know. Say, hey, I'm trying to return a vehicle. Um, I only wanted a one-day rental. Um, I can't take it to the branch. They say, oh, they're not open on Sundays. I said, well, is there no, is no drop box? No, they don't have a drop box because, you know, they're just not open on Sundays. I said, okay, so if I take it to uh, the next branch over, is there going to be a charge fee? They say, yes, yeah, a $35 fee. So how the fuck are you going to charge me for you inconveniencing me? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand. And then, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then my man, we just had, you know, for the baby shower we had Saturday, he rented some chairs from this place called AA, I believe, in uh, Landover. I forgot the real name. He rented some chairs. You know, you know, he got the chairs. He got the chairs Saturday. Planet don't bring them back Sunday. They're closed Sunday. And they said, if you can't bring the chairs back within the next business day before the uh, 11 a.m., you're charged double. So I'm like, hold up. What, like, why, would I, why would I rent chairs? People have events on the weekend, on Saturday. If I want it for one day, I'm trying to bring the shit back the next day. <laughs> so because you're closed, I got to pay the extra fee because you're closed? Yes. Don't rent <laughs> on Saturday, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that, when you rented the car that they were closed on Sundays? <laughs> I mean, look, the, every branch not closed on Sundays, though. But so, did you specifically see? <laughs> <laughs> You could have checked this. All you had to do was Google before you left. Right. It showed you the car. This your fault. Why are you mad? <laughs> That's just, I'm just <laughs> fuck them. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Here they go on. Have certain branches open. Like, give me the option to take it. Give me the option to take it back. Like, come on, man. <laughs> can I take it back Sunday without you? They should have had a Dropbox, though. I don't know why they didn't have a Dropbox. You just, are you sure they didn't have a Dropbox? They did not have a Dropbox. I asked all those questions too late, obviously. <laughs> you did have a choice. You could just went up the road. When you first got. I'm like, damn. I could have went to the other jump. I didn't. I don't know, man. This shit was crazy. 
But yeah, that's what's bothering me. Uh, but thank y'all for all joining me on this episode of my bonus episode of Young Black and Bothered. Again, if y'all would like to introduce yourselves again or let them know, Sasha, Richie, Mike, thank y'all all for joining me. Um, You're welcome. And, that's, and that is a wrap. No problem. That's a wrap.